DJ PK, time to bring Riley Jensen in, our college football insider. He's on the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? We are doing well. Where should we start? Well, why not with the Pac-12 race? It's Utah. It's Oregon. Why should we keep our eyes on this thing for the next three weeks? Can uh, can the country and the conference look away and just look back at the conference title game and find 11-1 Utah and 11-1 Oregon? Or is there a surprise looming out there? Well, I sure, I sure hope there isn't, um, both for the University of Utah's sake and for the pac 12 sake. I think it would be... It's just super exciting and a, and a really cool thing just for the state of Utah if if both teams were able to finish out. I think I think it gets a little bit tricky in the in the fact that I don't want to go against what I've always said, and that is there's always a surprise in the Pac-12, and there's always a slip up, and there's always some sort of weird head scratcher type of game. And certainly, if you're the University of Utah, you need to make sure that you take care of business by literally playing one game at a time, one play at a time, one practice at a time, one rep at a time, because this, you know, psychologically to me, this is where it gets a little bit tricky. You're in a, you're in a place that you haven't been in a while. Now, University of Utah has won plenty of Mountain West Conference championships and WAC championships and those sorts of things, but this is a position where everybody is going to be excited. Everybody's going to be talking to every football player on this team about what their chances are of finishing out the season undefeated and those sorts of things, and it's going to be it's going to be a, a tall task and a difficult task for coaches to keep those guys focused on on what's going on right now and what's going on today in practice and what's going to happen in the next game. And I, you know, obviously you could say that for for Oregon as well. Those teams, I mean. Pac-12 teams are good football teams. I mean, you look at Oregon State, who everybody thought was going to be terrible, and they're, you know, they're scoring what 58 points this weekend on on teams. And so, you just you just have to be aware that hey, to finish out, even though that was a big game this weekend, there's still really good football teams and really good football players that you're playing against. That if you're not aware, you could slip up. Oh, bull crap. Yeah. I said crap. bull crap, Riley. Come I on. They're going to roll. They're going to smoke these teams. They could give a B I, effort and win. They're way better. They could put it on <laughs> cruise control and just waltz into Santa Clara on December 6th. What are you talking about? Some for some reason, I see what you're doing here. Hey Riley, <laughs> hey hey Riley, how much how much does Kyle Whittingham hate PK's guts right now? Because he knows it's true. <laughs> he, he he can't he cannot stand the way PK's talking. Now look, I know I know that you want to come at me, and I know Gordon Monson would come at me as well, and he would say, you know, oh come on, that's just coach speak, Riley. One game at a time, one play at a time. But really, it is super important that these guys are focused on it. And I know that if if Kyle was listening to you right now, PK, he would be absolutely cringing. Like, please, don't talk to any of my players. 
with that kind of an attitude. But see, you take it from, oh no, this could go wrong. See, I'm Mr. Positive and always have been. I take it from the angle of, hey, they had this big game against Washington. They expended a lot of motion. Now they have a bye week to get ready. This will increase the intensity because now the goal is right there in front of them. Three games to go. So you don't have to worry about one play at a time. Let's take it a half play at a time. Let's not go one whole play. Let's just let's just, just huddle up. Let's just get in the huddle, and then after we break the huddle, then we'll we'll go to the line of scrimmage, and we'll just focus on that. Then when we line up, we'll just focus on that. Then and come on, they're gonna roll now because they see the goal. Calm yourself down. I'm gonna have to start calling you the scarecrow, Mister Strawman. Argument. This is what I'm trying to tell you. When you take care of the next rep, when you take care of the next practice, when you take care of the next game. or when you take care of the next play, that does take care of the next game. That is positivity. That is having a plan. So don't argue against me. We're together here. Stop trying to be divisive. (laughs) We're together. We're both positive. They are going to roll if they take care of the things that are in front of them each day instead of thinking about three games ahead. They're going to roll if they unlock the gates. (laughs) Yeah, Kyle hates really? you. Really? Kyle that definitely is, hates you. <laughs> yes, have you seen their talent versus the talent that they're playing? <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not even arguing with you anymore. You know what this reminds me of? What? It reminds me of when I tell my seven year old that it's time to go to bed because it's dark outside <laughs> and she says it's not dark outside. Guess what? The argument's over because we're not on the same playing field at that point. So Kyle never talks out of the mouth of babes. Kyle never talks about injuries, Riley, but he volunteered in the uh, last media availability that the bye week comes at a great time and that Tyler Huntley's should be 100% for the UCLA game. If you're the offensive coordinator, how much does that change the uh, the playbook and the play calling? How limited have they been by the fact he's hobbling around and how much will they change this going forward? Well, I don't think I don't think it changes that much. In fact, <laughs> Tyler was really, really tough in the game on Saturday. I thought it was one of his more gritty performances. And I know he's been banged up before, but, man, I mean, some of the hits that he took, some of the plays where he put his head down, and then some of the plays where he just stood in the pocket and made great throws. I mean, I don't think it changes that much. because Number one, you need Tyler Huntley to make this run. So, if you are going to run him, it's going to be selective and it's going to be in a, in a smart way, not in a way that's going to um, expose him to a lot of hits. And then secondly, I just think that the the game plan that they've had over the last couple of weeks has been really, really good. I'm, I, man, there were some big-time plays and some big-time calls in that game. And I think what I'm enjoying about the University of Utah, and really this is true with any good team, and I'm working with Weber State a little bit right now, um, the, the teams that are great teams, it feels like every single game it's a different person that steps up to win it, right? Like the catch by Nakua and the and the catch by Ennis and, you know, some of the different plays that happen in this game. Yes, it's super important on how good Tyler Huntley's playing and Moss, I feel like, makes this University of Utah team a totally different team. But when you have guys like Nakua and Ennis and and you have Julian Blackman, you know, playing great defense and getting interceptions and, you know, Anai making sacks and, and really just causing trouble 
on the defense. It's it's fun to watch this University of Utah team because there are so many different players in different games that make different plays that are huge. And I think that's the formula for winning. These guys, these guys are really good, like you were saying, PK, and they are very talented. But I think the cool thing about it is is nobody really cares about who gets the credit right now. It's just like, okay, who's going to score here? Who's going to make a big play here? And that's it's just really fun to watch right now. It does feel like a special type of team is brewing right now for the University of Utah. Ah, see? So you admit it. So a special type team. That's not just focusing on the Bruins. You're talking about a team the whole season long and going special forward. Special teams mm. deal with the next thing that's in front of them. That's what special teams do. <laughs> I like how he digs it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> DJ, man, I'm feeling your pain this morning, man. This is just, this is hard work. This is a hard work. Come on, you can do it. You're a first team all whacker. <laughs> I have been for years. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the differences in BYU's offense the last couple of weeks? Because obviously it's been way better. Well, one, they played against a terrible defense on Saturday, uh, a lifeless defense, defense that looked disoriented. I, Man, I, I, I was really frustrated. Obviously, there's emotions tied to Utah State. I felt like there were certain moments in the game where there just wasn't a high level of effort um, from Utah State. But I will say this, coming out of a bye week, playing against a rival team, it was nice to see BYU with some nice wrinkles in their offense, with some nice play calls, with some different things that were going on um, to take advantage of this Utah State defense that really for the last two weeks uh, has just been uh, just terrible at tackling. I, I don't know what happened to Utah State. I don't know if there's infighting going on up there. I have no idea. But there was just some things there that were just really frustrating if you're a Utah State fan. And I think there's some things there that you got to be really excited about. Um, number one, I think this Romney kid has ice in his veins. I mean, for, for a young quarterback that's a walk-on, that's playing major Division One football, it feels like he hardly has any emotion. He's kind of got – and look, I know before everyone, like, like drives their car off the road with this comparison. I'm I'm talking about a poor man's Joe Montana as far as like his his mentality and the way he reacts to things and the way he just kind of throws the ball. He's this little skinny kid just throwing the ball around and and there's there's a flash of Joe Montana to me. And I know BYU fans don't like Joe Montana because of the Steve Young thing, but there's a there's just a feel there that, that I really like his mindset and the way that he plays football. Obviously, we're we're hoping for the best from Jaron Hall. I thought he played a fantastic game in the first half. I thought he was running the ball, and I thought he was throwing the ball well, and he was taking what the defense was giving him. But man, there's a there's a lot of good things going on for BYU, and I, I just you know they they've been so up and down. It's been hard for me to understand what's going on with this team. I mean, the win over USC, and then you lose to Toledo and you lose to South Florida, and then you turn around and beat Boise State and Utah State. I don't, I don't even know. It's like it's like I'm in Forrest Gump or something. This is a, a box of chocolates. I never know what I'm going to get, right? Yeah. 
So I don't know if you can answer this. I certainly don't know how this works, but I suspect it works somehow, and you're in the recruiting thing, so maybe you know about the transferring thing too. But there aren't many schools that have three quarterbacks that look this good. Uh, USC would be the other school in the West that pops to mind. And we know all about the transfer portal, and we know some people recruiting cheat and, for lack of a better word, tampering, which is more of a pro-NBA thing. But how much your school is going to come after a school that's got three quarterbacks that play well? Well, the film that all these guys have right now, I mean, they'd be attractive to whoever. I, I think for the most part, most teams are fairly respectful of, of not tampering. But if you open up that door at all, if, if whispers get out from a high school coach like, hey, you know, Romney would be open to playing at Arizona State or, you know, he'd be open to playing at Arizona then, then I think it, it opens up Pandora's box, but I don't. I don't think most of them are actively seeking it. Uh, the question is, is you know, how how loyal are these guys to the program? How willing are they to wait their turn, depending on what happens with Zach Wilson when he comes back, and how long he ends up playing for BYU? So that there's a lot of factors that go into this, but I think if any of those quarterbacks were to open the door right now with Jaron Hall. Or Romney, I think I think there'd be definitely people that were interested, and that and and the portal has really changed a lot of things, and and I think people are trying to fill out the portal right now too because there's a lot of coaches that like once you put your name in the portal, you're pretty much not on the team anymore to them, and so once you make that decision to go in the portal, you you better make sure that you have something sort of lined up or that you're pretty sure that you're going to get lined up somewhere because. Man, you don't want to put your name on that thing because that's going to cause problems for you on the current team that you're on. You, in other words, you can't put your name in the portal and then come back and say, "God, I really made a mistake, Coach. I'm really sorry." That's not. That's that's probably not going to go very well for you. So Gary Anderson is sensitive to this, but I think it's clear, at least from the eye test, from my point of view, Jordan Love isn't playing as well as he did last year. What's going on, dude? It's 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 been really frustrating for me to watch um uh and you know if BYU had had, had gone with like a, a three-man front and dropped five under and three deep and that was the first time they'd done it they hadn't seen it on film you know but but they did that to the USC quarterback they've done that they did that to Boise and I just don't understand why there wasn't number one a little bit better of a game plan number two I don't know what's going on with Jordan Love other than that I can tell you this. I, I, I've watched Utah State very closely for the last three games. I watched the Nevada game, the Arizona, excuse me, the Air Force game, and the BYU game. And there is no doubt in my mind <laughs> that he is pressing way too hard. And I almost feel like, and, and, and this, this might sound weird, I don't, and, I, and I know some coaches that have done this in the past, I almost feel like that when he starts making some of those mistakes, like what needs to happen with him is he needs to be benched for a series. Mm. Just just to kind of say, hey, like look, you're still our guy. You're 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 the man here, but we need you to play better football. Why don't you come and stand here on the sideline and just take a look at the speed of the game, take a look at what the defense is doing and then get back in there and play the football we know you can play because if you were to compare last year's Jordan Love to this year's Jordan Love, I mean, it's not even close. If if I were to bet my house before this season, you know, and you said, 
Jordan Love would have the statistics that he has right now, based on the year that he had last year, I probably would have bet my mortgage on it. Yeah. I, I mean, that's how confident I was that he would not play the way that he's playing. And I think, I think yes, I think there's teammates that are that are you know dropping ball. Yeah, I, I think you can do all those things, but I think it's time to take a hard look at like what is going on with Jordan Love. If you're pressing too hard, I mean, hey, dude, take the NFL off the table right now and let's just play for our teammates, right? Take the NFL off your table and let's just play for personal pride on taking care of the football and playing better football. But to me, especially in the Nevada game when I was watching it, and they won 36-3, to it was a terrible offensive output by Utah State. All I could think in my head, and the announcers in that game kept saying, oh, yeah, and there's – an NFL team every week that's coming in to scout Jordan Love, all I could think in my head is that's all he's thinking about. He's pressing so hard that he wants to make it to the NFL, and I don't know if it's to change his family or to change his livelihood or just you know the goal that all of us wanted when we played to play in the NFL. I don't know what it is, but he is pressing, and he is pressing hard, and he needs to just take a step back and say, hey, I still need to play football for the same reason that I played when I was nine years old, and that's because it's really fun to throw to my buddy a touchdown and celebrate together. So, real quick, we got to go, but I want you to rank these because I think we've, I think everybody in the media has heard these three things. One, Jordan's been hurt. Um, the NFL guy's on campus. The, that's affecting him mentally. Two, new offensive coordinator, that's impacted him. Three, he doesn't have the depth, the quantity and quality of receivers that he was surrounded with last year who helped him look even better. And, and I guess four other, maybe there's something else out there. If you had to rank those four real quick, how would you rank them in order of the impact they're having on the offense right now? Almost, almost exactly the way you said it. Number one, I think, is um, – is just pressing. There's NFL scouts around. There's lots of talk about it. There's been lots of talk about it since the offseason. Number two to me is is there's players around him that are different. I mean, Tarver and Raymond last year, I mean, those guys could go up and get 50-50 balls, and he threw a lot of 50-50 balls that they came down with. It was one of those years where they just came down with a lot of the plays that they needed to make. Three is a change in offensive coordinator, and I think a little bit of the problem right now with the new offensive coordinator is they're trying to adapt to the style of offense that they played in the past because he did so well in it. And I think that changes the way that the offensive coordinator calls it now. I think you'll see this offense evolve more into um, Sanford's style the further and further we go into the Gary Anderson uh, years. And then, you know, other, who knows what the other is, but there's got to be something else going on. But that's the way I'd rank those. All right, Riles, we appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes, and we will talk to you again next week. I appreciate you guys. Riley Jensen, our college football insider. we got more football coming up in the 9 o'clock hour with uh, Riley Nelson, BYU radio analyst. He's at the top of the hour. Jared Greenberg, NBA TV, joins us to talk jazz and NBA at 9.30. We're going to talk jazz next. The question of the morning. What can the jazz do to improve? Four and three. It's not a bad start. It's not a great start. How do you tighten up the act, PK? How do you batten everything down? What batten? is it? Yeah, batten. Okay. <laughs> That's a, uh, it's a sailor word, I think. Batten down the hatches. Well, I'll be gall darned. Yeah. All right. <laughs> gall darned jazz fans, rally around. That's coming up next. Stay with us. Yeah!
And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. College basketball opens with 17th ranked Utah State. Holding off an upset bid from Montana State. A late 10-0 run, and they win 81-73. Utah goes to Nevada and wins 79-74. 23 points for Timmy Allen, 22 for Booth Gotch. And BYU taking care of Cal State Fullerton at home, 76-58. Alex Barcelo led BYU with a career-high 17 points. NBA action tonight. Jazz host Philadelphia. Ed Davis, Emmanuel Moutier, Dante Axum have already been ruled out for the game. Game tips at 7 o'clock on AT&T Sportsnet. 6 o'clock pregame show here on The Zone Sports Network. Elsewhere in the NBA tonight, Warriors and Rockets at 5.30. Bucks and Clippers at 8 o'clock. Those games are both on ESPN. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Syringa Networks. For rising customers, if you're recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks. Syringa is Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. they got a full range of services. Call them today at 385-420-7881. That number again, 385-420-7881. That's Syringa Networks. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Monday Night Football. A cat gets on the field, man. Of course it does. Running around. Started in the red zone. Smart. I get the feeling that if I had to be involved with that cat, that would have made us keep it. Oh, yeah. That cat would be at your home now. Although I would have traded out Spazzy in a second. Four cuddles? A football cat? <laughs> for Spaz? <laughs> Done. Football. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this cat's famous. This cat scored more touchdowns than I ever did. Hey, Spaz. Uh, uh, I'm going to do this like an NFL coach is going to do it. Bring your playbook and uh, bring your food bowl. All right, you're both going to run a 40 and whoever finishes first. Spaz is on the trade block. Yeah. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. What if Quinn Snyder told Mike Conley, like George Costanza from Seinfeld, to do the opposite? We could even include a little bad press, get him fired up, and uh, the opposite ends up working out. DJ and PK reminding you, Sound Sleep Medical, Scotty and Hans will be there Monday from noon to 3, 8941 South, 700 East in Sandy. So if you don't like what Quinn Snyder's telling him to do, do the opposite. Is that from someone who wants Derek Favors back? Is that the whole deal? Came from Lane. Uh, yeah, I think that's just uh, horsing around. I appreciate it. We like to keep things light, uh, but in a serious vein, just keep coaching them. Keep trying to fill them with confidence. You know, because part of the job of a coach is to be a Dr. Phil. I think we'd all agree with that, right? You got to know when to kick butt. And pat him on the back. We've heard that phrase many times over. That's because it's absolutely true. You just can't be. You can't beat somebody up all the time. Nor can you sit there and tell someone how great they are all the time. Right. They'll tune you out or think you're either way full of crap. So uh, you have to be a master psychologist in in addition to be a great PR representative for the team, in addition to be a great in-game adjuster, in in addition to be a great X and O guy. I mean, on and on. Talent evaluator. I mean, the coach of a major uh, professional team has to wear so many hats. And so whatever Coach Snyder and his group feel like is best in that approach to Conley, uh, which I would think right now as a proven commodity, if he was an up-and-comer, that would be something. But as this proven commodity, stick with it, stick with it, stick with it. How can we analytically help you get better? 
You know, if it's a confidence issue and just getting into the flow and feeling comfortable, we had someone earlier who say he needs to be on the ball more, which means maybe you do play him with the bench guys more, where he can dominate the ball. That just, over the course of time, leads to some level of comfort and confidence. Because it's really not the way to play when they have the, I don't like the phrase starting five because you can really start anybody you want in the NBA. But the finishing five, when the finishing five are out there, he probably doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. But maybe there is some comfort level that comes with running the show more the way he did in Memphis if he had the ball. I got to admit, I didn't watch enough Grizzly okay. basketball to tell you what percentage of the time he had the ball in but his hands. But that comes to assists and turnover ratio. To me, I don't accept it as an excuse for shooting. Because shooting is shooting. And you have the ball every time when you're going to make the shot. And I don't look at Conley and say, man, that's a crappy shot. I haven't, I can't recall every no, shot he's I taken I, so far. I can't but either. Most of the time you think, okay, he's going to make that one. No, he didn't. But it's an yeah. open shot. Yeah. He has to take open shots. For this team to succeed at the level that everybody wants, he has to take and make open shots. He has to take virtually every open shot, and he's got to make a better percentage of those open shots. I think that's something Quinn has preached uh, over and over. Open shots, especially when it's in a spot, and he basically puts guys in spots on the floor where they, with the exception of favors <laughs> at the corner three, he usually puts guys in the spot on the floor where they're going to excel, so if you get an open shot, you got to take it because you only have 24 seconds. You're not going to get that many open shots in 24 seconds, so if you get one, you better take it. That goes for him and everybody else, and has for a while. Uh, John puts, uh, puts up on Facebook here, play more games. It takes time to gel. It takes time to gel, I understand that, but does it take time to make open shots, something you've done since you were probably five years old? If your confidence is a little shaken, then you you can miss open shots. And other than that, i got nothing for you, because otherwise I believe what you believe. You're good, that's an open shot, you're going to take it and make it. And I don't have any problem if his confidence is a little shaken, because I even think at this level, guys have a degree of ebbing and flowing oh, with confidence. Oh. Not major. It shouldn't be major. But it doesn't have to be, because it's such a fine line between winning and losing at this level. I mean, literally, four or five possessions in a game that's got a... 150, 175 of them, whatever, depending on the pace of a game. And, and you look at two, three, four possessions can be everything. There, there's plenty of games in this league that are decided by five points. Don't, in the meantime, until that shot comes around, don't give me five turnovers and one assist. Because then you're hurting the club. You're not helping it. All right, hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK on Twitter, David DJ James. But I really think it's going to change. Now that I have my lucky blue purple sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah. You watch. With the mountains. You That's watch, it. man. All right. This thing fits me well. All clothes do. I mean, I have a body that's made for clothes. And so they fit me well. I look good in it. I feel good. I got up this morning, put it on. Thought, man, I got it going on. I didn't even bother looking in the mirror. I look hot in leather. What can I say? I just assume my hair is looking good. I didn't even look this morning. PK, take it off, baby. Again? Oh, my gosh. I'd rather read Facebook right now if that's okay. Yeesh. Well, you have to give them what they want. Da-da-da! Da-da-da! Da-da-da-da! Right now, people are like, man, I'm glad this is radio and not TV. Oh, don't try to measure up all the time. I get it. Just be happy with what you've got. I am. <laughs> Nate says, you know what the Jazz need to do? They need what? to beat teams like the winless Sacramento Kings. 
Kings are not winless. They beat the Jazz. Well, I know, but they were winless going in, and they would be winless if the Jazz had beaten them. But they're not winless. Losses against quality win-loss teams are far easier to process. I guess he's saying he can accept the Clipper and Laker losses, but if you take down the Kings, you're 5-2, and two and you're feeling good, pretty good about yourself. Yeah, but that's a false sense of security then, is it not? I do feel like this year more than ever, I need to kind of keep track against their record against the other top teams in the West. And right now, it's 1-2. and two. If Phoenix is legitimately going to be a top team in the long run, then that was a better road win than we thought. But right now, it's a good road win. I think any road win is a good win yeah. in the league. Chad says, create a new position within the organization. Designated professional fan. And then give the position to me to honor and cherish till the end of my well, days. Well, that's what the media is. <laughs> <laughs> we already have that. <laughs> that was you at your best right there. I legitimately love that. Come on. <laughs> we already have plenty of DFs. <laughs> Ever driving down the road and you just hear something, you think, wow, that was quite the dose of sunshine right there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll raise my hand, I have. <laughs> like, this team's not winning 65 games, okay? Just settle down. Easy does it. It's going to be some grinding and some ups and some downs to this. Take it's a breath. just the way it is. And, it, and I don't have any problem with that because I I I think I'm I do that to a good degree. What uh, the dose of sunshine and try to make because you're speaking to people who are fans of the team and they want to hear good news. Sure. I think that where there's good news to be had, you say it. You also have to say where it is realistic because I think the the fan has a discerning ear or eye, whatever it is, to know when he or she is being buffaloed. And they don't want to hear that. I think particularly BYU fans rank at that top level of they want to hear truth as you see it. If I'm going to rank... Really? Yeah. I think, yeah. Really? Yes. You feel like that's a change over the time we've been doing this show? Because for a long time, I always felt like the BYU hype machine, the, that big dose of sunshine, that, that came easier and quicker to that fan base and their quote-unquote media. It's a mushy phrase there. But uh, than anywhere else. Okay. But I do feel like with independence, that has scaled down. I feel like, and, and that's where I think maybe when you first said that, I thought no. And then I thought, you know what? That's something that's changed over time. Maybe the answer to that is now yes. Yes. I think BYU fans want to hear truth because BYU now has a whole level of internal media right? that nobody else really has to that degree. I mean, because they have their TV station and blah, blah, blah. Right. And so you're going to get these guys come on and they're going to speak almost virtual positive all the time. And so I think the discerning BYU fan, which that number has grown, and maybe they had more to go, so that's why it's made the most improvement. I think of all the fans who want to hear the truth, it's BYU fans first, Jazz fans second, Ute fans third. I feel like Ute fans are all over the map. I feel like I could find 10 Ute fans on Twitter who think nobody talks about them when they do it's negative. Right. And this team is really 15-0 and because they were cheated at USC, and obviously they're going to beat everybody else. That element is there. But I also feel like there are a substantial number of Ute fans right now who are pretty sure they aren't going to finish 8-4, and four, but think there's a decent chance they're going to be 9-3. and three. 
<laughs> the amount of negativity I hear from some you fans uh, is shocking. And I can yeah. go right around the corner and talk to somebody else who's like, oh, 14-1, we're taking down Bama and uh, LSU and Ohio State and anybody else you throw at us. See, I think you fans are a little sensitive more so to the truth because I think they have the biggest chip on their shoulders because the 40-year-old Ute fan is used to not getting his or her share of the attention. It's gone more over the years to BYU and Utah. So they come at it from a perspective of you don't like us because they're used to you talking mostly about the other two teams and they feel like they have to crave and demand for attention and so they haven't accepted the fact to a good degree my gosh we're really good (laughs) we're among the nation's best this is a dream come true or as BYU fans in that same situation they've been considered among the nation's best or they think of themselves or had thought of themselves as being among the nation's best so now when things have turned sour a little bit they don't want to hear the sunshine blow it up your you know what all the time and so they become irritated when they bring on the slew of ex-guys, players, and, and media who just want to give you happy news. And so they, they, want more, they want their guys to be called out more. And then the Jazz fans, they take it for what it's worth. They're in the middle. If it's good, say it's good. If it's not, say it's not. Yeah, I think that's one advantage with uh, basketball is there's so many more games and it's easier to accept, hey, they just weren't good in this one because even Jordan's Bulls weren't good ten times. Curry's Warriors weren't good nine times. You know, you accept that that stuff's going to happen over mm-hmm. the course of the season. Whereas in football, you, like the Utes, you can have one bad day and it can change a lot of stuff. Where would the Utes be in the poll and what would their odds be of getting to a playoff if they hadn't lost SC? You know, it's just Maybe one game. fifth. You think they'd be five right now in front of Clemson? Maybe six. Right. But they'd be five or six. But with undefeated teams in front of them playing each other, they'd have a much better right, right, shot. Right, right, right. ESPN on right the, now. the yeah. little ticker thing they were running all night last night said the Utes had a 6% chance at getting into the playoff. And that number would be much bigger if they had beaten SC. Oh, for sure. So, All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Win, win. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday on the Zone Sports Network. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday right here. Win. Listen all day for the Win Ticket Wednesday sounder for your chance to win tickets. What? Who authorized that? To all the biggest concerts, games, and other great events here in the state of Utah. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Listen Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to the Salt Lake City Stars. That's today, man. Hey, yeah, it is today. <laughs> I was mentally, as I read that, going, it's today, Tuesday. It's not. Jazz are playing tonight. It's Wednesday. They're Wednesday, Friday home this week. Get into the action by grabbing your SLC Stars tickets today. We're going to do the soon, Yak? Now? You want to do it now? <laughs> Sweet. Never mind with the promo, people. Let's just get to the winning part of this. Two tickets, Salt Lake City Stars vouchers. Get into the action by grabbing your SLC Stars tickets today. Experience the excitement and community of Salt Lake City Stars basketball all season long. Ticket ticket options include single-game tickets, group experiences, premium seating, and season ticket packages. Call 801-325-STAR and get your tickets today. (laughs) 
This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE right now. Be caller 12. Yach is waiting for you. All right, we got more Jazz fans lining up on social media to tell us how the team, what can they do to improve? That's the question of the morning. Don says the ball needs to go in the hoop. Thanks, Don. Don Mitchell? Yeah. You watched the author of that quote last night. You watched a little Bulls basketball. Oh, you turned Jim Bull? Ball didn't go in the hoop. I did watch. Well, I watched Laker basketball. Yeah, I know. The Lakers rallied, <laughs> blew by them. How far down were the Lakers in that thing? Uh, they were down double digits, yeah. but when it came and it when it changed, mattered, when it, it was money it was time, almost like flipping yeah. on switch, man. We, we played some of the highlights earlier this morning. The Laker broadcaster, like, the Bulls don't know what hit them. They really don't. Yeah, and they couldn't do anything. And and Boylan was trying to. Hey, everything's cool. No, it's not, man. <laughs> <laughs> not that they have a good team. The the Lakers so far, I had my doubts. But they're erasing those doubts. Really? Mm-hmm. Because wasn't one of the doubts whether they can stay healthy? Well, right now they're erasing it. I don't know that they're going right. to in February Well, I, I always March. figured that healthy, healthy in the regular season, they were going to maul people. Are they going to have weaknesses that people can pick apart in the playoffs and, when they have time to focus on them? And are they going to stay healthy? I thought those were the two big hurdles. But their role players have been playing better. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily believe in them. Colton says if the Jazz are going to improve, they need to get Rudy the ball. Rudy? Give Rudy the ball and have him clear out on the low block? <laughs> no. Have him go over his left shoulder like Abdul or just power his way to the bucket like letter carrier? Yeah, more the mailman <laughs> right there. Just blow through him. <laughs> just use his overall, I'm stronger than you. Who did that in the, it was in the Ute game last night. I was watching, I, I watched multiple games was last night. Was it both? Channel surfing. No. No, I think it was Allen. It was and Tim it, Allen? Yeah, and they threw him the ball at the end of the game in the low post and cleared out and let him get a hoop. And I was like, wow, it's nineteen, it's the mid-90s again. What just happened there? Well, that's Larry, you man. He's old anymore. school. Yeah, it's clearly. It worked. They got the hoop. They needed. They well, the Tim game. Allen's a player. He had a big game. They had a big game. Got him a clutch. That was a, that was a big hoop in the final two minutes. Although I never thought they were going to lose that game. Seemed like Nevada spent the whole game trying to get back, and once they get back, then they yeah. would fall back behind. Uh, yeah. And then they try to get back again. <laughs> but they never got ahead, really, where the Utes kept they, getting they ahead. Did, they did briefly, I think, at like 58-56 with yeah. a big run. I just wondered if the Utes were going to wilt on the road with a bunch of freshmen playing and young guys, and the answer is no. That was a nice performance yeah. for those guys. I was yeah. happy for them. I, well, it's I what you said. teams are competitive. It's what you said earlier when we were talking about the Jazz. There are no bad road wins. You know, you go out and win on the road, and, and maybe Nevada will no, be good. No, if you're playing Mississippi okay. Valley State, but you're not playing Mississippi Valley State on the road. You're playing them at home. No. So you play so a Mountain West that team. A, that was a good road win. It is. Yeah, absolutely. It was a good series that Larry put together. They were here last year and now back this year. And Larry has done uh, – he, he got the word when he saw ASU get in basically on the strength of their non-conference schedule. And so he's got – he. I remember him talking about it. you got to beef it up. And he has. 
DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We got football coming up next. The former Cougar, Riley Nelson, now radio analyst for Cougar Games. He joins us next. Jared Greenberg from NBA TV joins us to talk jazz and the crazy Western Conference uh, race. We will talk with him at 9.30. Riley's up next. Stay with us.